listening to the We Don't Want to Wait, a zombie with Robin and Steph crossover marshmallow spectacular. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. I'm Robin. You should, and you should just week, post every time. Just do the entire thing. Okay. This week, <laughs> we are talking about Veronica Mars Season 3 Episodes... Hmm. 15, 16, and 17, which are Papa's Cabin, Un-American Graffiti, and The Basement Tapes. Slapping The Basement Tapes. Which is really weird since that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I just wonder if that's like something that he does. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure who actually wrote. Th- maybe, maybe he wrote that movie. Was part of writing that movie and was like, "Oh, I need to like." I'm pretty sure Jason Segel actually wrote that movie, but I don't know. I don't have the information in front of me. I mean, it's not like I have well, you know, some some things are are uh, you know, uh, ad libbed, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. improved. Paul so. Rudd was thinking, he's like, "Oh man, you know what I like? I like that." Veronica Mars show I was guesting on. What's something fun I could say in this movie that could somehow be a strange homage to Veronica Mars? The <laughs> Sla- uh, slap in the base, yeah. I don't think that happened. <laughs> That's the way it happened. <laughs> well, this is our uh, first of our last three podcasts about Veronica Mars until the revival, of course. Um, then we'll be probably coming back to just do like one episode at a time things. Uh, I think there's only going to be like six of those. So, mm. But uh, yeah, it's almost over. I can't believe we went through and podcasted about the entire series. But I guess that's something we should say in three weeks. But <laughs> So good. I'm going to miss it. It's great. <laughs> even, even the weakest parts, even the... Season three that's not near as good as season two that's not near as good as season one. It's still good. <laughs> I'm still finding good things about three, but uh, I, I, one and two are so much stronger. And, and quite honestly, the cast is just like – like half the cast is just strangely neglected in season three. It, it, I'm like, where's Weevil? Where's Wallace? Where's Mac? Like all the time. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, – at least Veronica's in every episode. <laughs> Although there's one episode mm-hmm. I remember, I was like, well, there's Veronica. Uh, <laughs> she's finally showing up. I'm not sure which episode that was. Uh, it was one of the ones. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. I read something up. in the trivia that said that she, yeah, that she didn't have a lot of dialogue in, in the episode or something. <laughs> well, well, let's first talk about Papa's Cabin, written by John M. Baum. And the uh, summary is, Veronica and Tim set out to prove Professor Landry's innocence, but Veronica ends up uncovering the real murderer. Yay, the end of the <laughs> Dean's murder Yay. mystery. It's over. Goodbye, cruel case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it as cruel? It just dragged a bit. I don't know. Um, definitely wasn't as intriguing to me as uh, some of the other bigger cases. Probably because, like you know, it involved the dean who we knew for a couple episodes, and Mindy and Richard Greco and, <laughs> and Veronica's teacher. It really didn't have anything to do with Veronica's life, except for you know, Landry is kind of a, a surrogate father figure. And uh, Tim was a uh, was a high school janitor that she thought was dead, um, or his. It was her foil. He was her foil. <gasps> what? Tim foil. What? <laughs> All right. So the first thing I have here uh, in my notes is hashtag pargon or hashtag loker. 
Um, so uh, Wallace eyes Logan having lunch with Parker, and he's like, hmm. So um, he talks to Veronica about it, and she immediately is like, which Gilmore girl are you? <laughs> yeah, because he's like, uh, I know this is something girls usually do, but... I noticed. It's always funny that Veronica, whenever she goes to him, he's like, oh, man, really? You know, so, of course, as soon as he decides to indulge in a little gossip, uh, she throws it right back at him. Uh. And also throwing a shout out to their opening show. Um, so uh, Parker finally talks to Veronica, says she and Logan are hang- kind of hanging out. And, uh, yeah, Veronica is yeah, suddenly she, very busy. She feel- <laughs> yeah, she feels like she needs to get Veronica's approval. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be rude. She doesn't want to be have, and uh, like, did didn't she just hate Veronica like an episode or two ago? I don't know about hate. It was it. She she hated her at the beginning blamed, of the season. Yeah, she blamed Veronica for her. Like you let you allowed me to get raped. But but I mean, it, you know, Veronica proved that she was trying to help find the person that uh, um, you know raped Parker um, yeah. and there was that whole thing where she screamed rape to save Veronica's life so I think that yeah. we're definitely closer I mean she's been hanging out with Parker and Mac and doing the round the world parties and all that stuff but uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah Parker probably doesn't want to screw that relationship up and yeah she chooses I wrote down she chooses sisters over misters <laughs> I'm not sure if that was used before but if it's not I totally coined that um <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, Logan backs off, and then he then he decides to go talk to Mars, which now they're on a last name basis. Yeah, let's pretend that we're buddies. Yeah, that we don't have a past. Right, and you know I do like Logan. Um, of course, it takes him to be in this relationship with Parker to actually start being like super friends with Veronica. Like he has, he's got to kind of rebound a little bit (laughs) in order to have the confidence enough to just be Veronica's friend. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice that, you know, he says, he's like, okay, I realize I, I'm the one that really has the closest relationship with Veronica. I better talk to her myself. And, uh, Mm. yeah, again, Suddenly busy, <laughs> Veronica. Mm-hmm. She said, "I'm just very, I'm very friendly. I'm very distracted. I'm just so busy." Yeah. yeah uh. She says, "Sure, good luck." I think something like that. So that's it for that part of this episode. Um, the majority of this episode, though, is wrapping up the Dean's murder. So I kind of have that all in step by step. But I wanted to take the uh, hashtag Pargan or Loker. <laughs> So they don't really have good shipping names. Well, I don't think it'll last mm. anyway. It's not love. I mean, love is no. Love. All right. Uh, so yeah, Veronica feels super awkward uh, about being in class with Landry, and Landry's just trying to put her at ease, and make her feel special. Um, meanwhile, Mindy is wondering why Keith is persisting. Steve's fingerprints are on the keyboard, so why are you still coming at you know me and Landry? And he lists the things that are, are bothering him. He says, uh, you know, the goodbye cruel world. Why is, why that? Why why would the killer take his bloody gloves off to type goodbye cruel world? Um, there's the whole thing about two men fighting in the hotel room. Um, her car checked out for an hour at the hotel. And, uh, and it was uh, during the time when she had that phone call with Landry. 
Uh, and uh, the student hearing a gunshot af- 30 minutes after the car was returned. And the dean also being dosed with Xanax. And Mindy was the one that got that refill, not his assistant. So mm-hmm. those are all the things that are just – it's too much. It's all stuck in Keith's craw. He can't, he can't let go of it. That's Sheriff Mars. Yeah, excuse me, I didn't call him by his uh, proper title, but it is correct. Cool, he Sheriff is, Mars. I like I like Sheriff Mars. He's a tough sheriff. Yeah, well, and when he was, you know, being the private investigator, that he was being paid to investigate the murder, that was different. Yeah. That was all, you know, chummy. And now that I am the sheriff, mm-hmm. you're going you're going to uh, address me. Uh, in a f- more formal way. <laughs> right, right. Yep. Um, so Mindy does say that the two men arguing were Dean and Landry, the Dean and Landry. And um, he said he was going to destroy Landry's career. She ended up going to his office to give him his Xanax because he was really upset. <laughs> well, and she was begging him to lay off of Landry and to be cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then when she got back to the hotel, Landry was gone. And then she says that she's going, she'll testify. She, she says she'll testify when he asks. Um, so the police show up in the criminology class again, this time, instead of Veronica, it's to arrest Landry. Um, but in a, uh, very unlamb like move, uh, Keith gives, uh, Landry a chance to dismiss his class. Um, and Veronica is looking pretty mixed about this when this happens. So, yeah, Keith tells Landry what Mindy told him. Landry says uh, there was actually more to the visit. Dean was said he was going to divorce her, and there was a prenup, and um, and she gets nothing. So there might have been a reason for her to, you know, not just to save his career, but to save her, you know, her marriage <laughs> and the money she's supposed to be getting. And he says he was set up. He left at 3 a.m. He stopped for cigarettes. Um, but... Um, he, there was a brunette there that bummed a cigarette off of him. Mm-hmm. He didn't charge. He didn't use yep. a car. There was no paper trail, but he has a he witness. He has an alibi. So Tim visits Landry in jail. Landry asks him to find out about the bug that was in his phone, as well as the mystery brunette that he that bummed a cigarette off of him. Um, and then uh, Veronica finds Tim breaking into Mars investigation. <laughs> yeah, that's where I wrote, oh, hey, Veronica's in this episode. <laughs> because, like, she's just sitting in class when Landry gets busted, and there wasn't much to that. We get a couple of, like, shots of her looking concerned. But it's been mostly, like, Keith running this episode. Uh, so far. There was she had the voiceover when it in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When she was trying to decide where to see it. Hey, uh, <laughs> I just want to let our listeners know: uh, is there lawn mowing going on in the background there? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I just wanted to make sure um, either that or your house or uh, uh, hangouts connection was haunted, and I wanted to clear that up for the listeners <laughs> that the, the slight um, moaning is actually coming from a lawnmower. Here it comes. <laughs> I can't believe closer. you guys are getting or mowing your lawn now. It was freaking eighty-five degrees today. Ugh. Yeah, we definitely didn't have that up here in Vermont. <laughs> it's still, <laughs> it's still constantly persisting on being rainy and cold. Mm. So anyway, uh, so the cashier says no surveillance tapes. There's strippers that come in. Um, they, they. So Veronica and Tim show. Um, 
the ca- uh, show that strippers a uh, 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 picture of Landry, and they say, "Oh, it's Tori. She smokes like a chimney, so a big slutty chimney." <laughs> um. So meanwhile, Mindy is getting out of town. She gets money from the insurance and immediately buys a boat. That doesn't look suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um. So Veronica brings donuts to the sheriff's department and takes a file. And then she peeks in on her dad and asks him. She's always got a reason, <laughs> like, you know, she can't stop herself. She has to be sneaky. Yeah, even with dad in charge, she's going to still mm-hmm. pull her games, you know. Uh, just there's not there's one less person like going, she shouldn't be here, you know. Um, but I do love that she's, you know. She even sticks her head in her dad's office and, like, saying, like, oh, do you think I need a siren? <laughs> <laughs> um, she says she's looking for Landry's alibi, and Keith warns her that he might have d- actually done it. And then he gets a call that Mindy is missing. Um, so they track down Tori. Tori walks across the street, and then Tim immediately goes and talks to her while Veronica is on the phone with Keith who says that Mindy skipped town, sent the kids to England, and um, another brunette walks up and she says she saw Landry. She vouches for him and um, Landry is released and he actually thanks Tim and Veronica. So yeah, it wasn't Tori that was the witness, but it was this other woman that walks across the street. It wasn't the... So it's suspicious. Uh, <laughs> I didn't quite suspect it then, but... <laughs> mm. This episode was a little smarter than me. I was like, oh... <laughs> As, as, it, as it went by um, So uh, Tim and Veronica wonder if Mindy is working With Steve Batondo to get the insurance Money off the Dean And uh, and this whole bug situation If Steve's the one that planted The bug then maybe maybe Steve has recordings of the bug And, uh, and Tim's like But we just need the keys to Steve's Apartment how can we possibly get that And Veronica just let's, let's have this big laugh <laughs> Like <laughs> I've run this place, man. <laughs> um, so uh, in Steve's department, uh, Tim is wearing gloves as he's looking through Steve's computer. And uh, and they he starts looking through CDs and DVDs and Veronica's like, do they have a bug's life? And he pulls out taps. So the audio file is on a disc and taps. Oh, ta- oh I get it and, now. I didn't get it at yeah, first. Yeah. Uh, oh, Sadie's, uh, Sadie's there too. Lawnmowers Sorry. and Sadie's. That's okay. Mm-hmm. People, uh, people, you know, don't just show up here for talk of Veronica. They have to find out what's going on down there. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> typical day <laughs> at the Smith house. Dog barking and my husband piddling outside. Yeah. Has, he, has he opened the <laughs> garage door yet? That's always a... Not yet. It, it's coming though. <laughs> It'll probably be in the middle of the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they listen to this phone call from the previous from from the night of the killing, and Mindy is very panicked. And Landry saying he's going to take care of things, and she says that he, uh, you know, she she can't risk, you know, just depending on what Landry's going to do. And then we then um, Tim kind of skips around to another call where Landry is giving a bad reference to Pepperdine College for Tim and uh, says, you could do better. Yeah, that Pepperdine College could do better than to pick Tim because Tim is he's this, he's that, but he doesn't he's not creative. He doesn't think outside the box. He's also the worst. He's not. Yeah. And he's no Veronica. He's no Veronica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Veronica brings Keith the CD and now Landry's disappeared. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's back up. Back, 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 back up. Why 
okay, you know, spoiler alert, Tim did it. Uh-huh. But, and Tim knew exactly where to go in the house for this. So I guess he planted all this. Since he, pl- since he planted the bug, he obviously had the recordings. So he planted the recording. Okay, so he's showing Veronica the recording. Mm-hmm. Why did he skip? Why did he let Veronica hear the uh, phone call to Pepper Dunn? University? I don't know. Either he didn't mean for her to hear that or um, he accidentally let her hear that. And or sorry, he did either. He didn't mean for her to hear that or he had her hear it on purpose in order to gain some sort of sympathy from Veronica. So the target would be off of him more. I don't know. It it definitely makes him look more suspicious if you think about it. But Mm -hmm. according to from from Veronica's point of view, it seems as if they just found this recording and Tim's never heard it before. Mm. Um, Okay, so. Um, Landry disappears. We go to Mindy's boat and Landry is aboard. Dun, 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 dot, dot, dot. Uh, Veronica listens to Landry's phone calls. Mindy and Landry talk about getting away to Papa's cabin. And Mm -hmm. in Landry's apartment, there is a picture of Landry and Mindy that'll be important. There's also a disposable cell phone. She redials, um, tracks her to J.D. Sansone, who uh, Veronica and Tim visit as Miss Crockett and Mr. Tubbs. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he's a juvie offender and his mom is the stripper. Mm. So it looks now like Landry blackmailed her into providing the alibi. Mm-hmm. So this is very when uh, <laughs> Veronica introduces herself as Miss Crockett and her uh, her partner as Mr. Tubbs. That's very supernatural. It's very <laughs> Sam and Dean. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, so yeah, this is another, like, Tim planning the perfect crime, you know? He's, he's like three steps, he's three moves ahead, you know? He's planted the recording, which leads her to, uh, the cell phone, which leads them to, um, this JD kid who leads them to the stripper who is actually the alibi, the fake alibi. I mean, I guess. But the stripper is the plant all along, right? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I guess he's like, I'm going to show everybody that I can be creative mm-hmm. and I can plan the perfect murder. But he's not showing everybody. He's keeping it to himself. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, nobody would know <laughs> that he did it. But So, Veronica and Tim show Keith the photos. They bicker over the license plates in the photo oh, book. I mean, that was great. <laughs> That, I think that was my favorite part of the episode oh, yep. where Veronica and Tim are nerding, nerding out over license plates and <laughs> yep. and this picture and what it could mean. And yeah. and Keith's like, or it's Ernest Hemingway, yeah. you know? <laughs> Papa, Papa's cabin. And uh, tracks them to Cabo San Lucas where Keith goes with the Federales and finds the boat. And there's Landry and he's got a cut over his eyebrow and he's he's certain that Mindy did it. And he was um, and she was uh, uh, he was helping her cover it up by blaming it on Batando. And he switched keyboards. He says there was an accident. They fought and he hit her and she fell overboard and it was too dark to find her. And I wonder if... Uh, I wonder if good old Rob Thomas was thinking about Natalie Wood during this whole thing, because that sounds very much like <laughs> Natalie Wood, the disappearance of her. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think about it, but 
Yeah, it was, it's, uh, it, you know, Robert Wagner, you know, he didn't say they got into a physical altercation and she ended up over the side of the boat. They fought and she was drunk. And when he came up to the uh, deck, she was gone. It was too dark. He couldn't find her because it was, they were on the boat in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I used to be a heart to heart fan. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, where, where am I? Okay, so Tim tells Veronica that he's been asked to take over Landry's classes and then asks Veronica to be his TA. He's finally won. Aww. He's finally won, and now she's going to have to listen to him. <sighs> so in criminology, a student wants to discuss the case, and Tim's like, yeah, definitely. I will talk about – I'm going to talk this entire story through, and it's going to make complete complete sense because I pl- planned a perfect crime. Um, so he talks about how Landry made the phone call to blackmail his alibi. Um, Veronica asks, how did he do that if he was arrested? And Tim's like, well, he could have been colluding with Mindy and she did it. But then she says, no, there was a male voice on the phone. And he goes, well, maybe she did it. He did it beforehand. He knew Mindy was exposed and sent her children to England. And that's when Veronica opens her phone and pulls out a bug. And then she says, how did you know about the kids being sent Yeah, she starts... Putting the two and two together. And at this point, I, I just wrote out the cl- this class is getting a show. Like I'm expecting like three of them <laughs> to pull out a tub, tub of popcorn. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the best criminology class you could ever have. Um, so she says, "You already knew about Pepperdine. You knew the dean was zonked in his out in his office. You had access to the clothes. You murdered the dean to destroy Landry. Landry actually had an alibi. So, so Tim blackmailed the stripper so the alibi would break. So." There was there was a stripper there that he that was his alibi, but Tim then set up this fake alibi to uh, to make Landry look less credible, which I thought was kind of genius. I don't know. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, and then she says, "I bet he'll change his mind about you not being that smart." And then Tim freezes. It's like it's like that gif about the person with the person with all the different calculations going around their heads. <laughs> like yeah. he's just like sputtering at this point. He's just, uh, uh, uh. And then, finally, she pulls off his wig and she's like, you've been lucky the janitor from Neptune this entire time. <laughs> that wig is hideous. <laughs> and uh, Tim is arrested. Uh, but however, poor Professor Landry. I mean, I can't say poor because, you know, uh, you don't do these things. But he did murder Mindy in desperation, thinking that she was setting him up for murder. Whereas Tim the entire time. So I don't mm. want to say poor Mindy. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Yeah, you know, crazy. and those poor kids in England are are you know uh, orphans now. Yeah, so exactly. So uh, we do have to say goodbye to um, Patrick Fabian, who played Professor Landry, and I forget who played Mindy, but she is a lady. Uh, you know her, right? Oh, uh, she has like three names: <laughs> Jamie, somebody, somebody. Look her up. She's on IMDb, folks. And uh, uh, goodbye to the guy who plays uh, Tim Foyle, as well as Lucky the Janitor. I don't believe he's coming back for another role, uh, but you know, I could be surprised. Uh, who knows? Uh, James Jordan is Tim Foyle, Patrick Fabian, Jamie Ray Newman. Ah, excellent. So, Veronica makes meat and potatoes for her dad, (laughs) which I just (laughs) love. Um, Keith hears another murder come up on the news. He asks her to turn it off. All this exposure to murder and violence will warp your mind. And then he's like, who am I kidding? And he turns it back on. (laughs) Yeah. What would they do without it? This would be a great, like, 
season finale, I think. I think that would be a perfect wrapped up wrap up. I mean, it kind of sucks, you know, personally what's going on with Veronica. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't have Logan, but at least we know Logan's happy and he's, you know, so I don't know. It doesn't mean she's completely ruined, but I thought this was uh, this was good. And it, it was actually the, the final installment of the show before a two month hiatus. Um, mm. Apparently the CW decided to put pussy dolls, pussy cat dolls presents um, as a replacement for two months. Decided to run that. What? What even is that? Uh, Pussycat dolls are like a pop group. I mean, I know that, but what presents what? I'm assuming it's like a variety of show of some sort. Uh, I mean, I think I remember it, but okay. I would not have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so they've wrapped up this part, this mystery, this part of the series. What are they going to come back with to really go out with a bang? So. Yeah, yeah. What mystery are, are they going to set up next? Yep, yep. Well, they're just like standalone episodes. <laughs> uh, all right. So then, yeah, no, I got. Def- I definitely have trivia. Um, this next, okay. this next episode is called "Un American Graffiti." is written by Robert Hull. Um, not a not a regular writer. Um, Veronica is hired to find out who has been vandalizing a Middle Eastern restaurant. Keith cracks down on underage drinking, and the writers try keep trying to make Veronica's happen. Um. Anyway, <laughs> let's start off with the vandalism case. Okay. okay. Uh, so we have Sabira. She's the owner of Babylon Gardens. She goes to Mars Vesta. Do you know where we know her from? No, where? <laughs> you know the Angel episode where they go to Italy, <gasps> and she's like the extremely over the top Italian lady. Oh my god, that's her. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> No wonder I was strangely attracted to her. Uh, <laughs> I know. She's gorgeous. Uh, so, yeah. She uh, t- says uh, terrorists was spray painted on the restaurant. So she hires uh, Veronica because Keith is sheriff. Uh, so Veronica stakes, stakes the place out and she finds out about daughter Amira, who she knows from high school, who still has kind of a grudge about Veronica taking her pirate points away, which uh, <laughs> was a nice callback. Um and then we have uh, Rashad, the husband. He's trying to get her Veronica to go home. He's going to take care of himself. And then he's like, her dad is acting sheriff. Have you not thought of the seer? And that's when a yellow truck drives by and Veronica and the rest of them get mowed down by paintballs. I was really uh, – was like, uh-oh, when I saw it was a yellow truck because that's usually Logan's truck. <laughs> oh. so I was like, oh, great. It's like – Logan been roped into some sort of pie sig thing by Dick, and you know that's going to drive an even bigger wedge between uh, Veronica and Logan. Oh, that, I'm sh- Man, if the writers only thought of that, they could have really. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so Rashad's angry. He's, you know we've been Americans for twenty years, um, and Veronica spots a bumper sticker on the truck. It's a uh, middle school honor student. So <laughs> Veronica goes undercover in a middle school, not as a student, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> She, she like talks to a class about criminology, and, um, and some kid like gives her lip about the legitimacy of girls going into the FBI. <laughs> and Veronica says, talks to him about how girls are smarter, and says they always need firemen. Which, ow, nasty dig at firemen. Um. Oh, um, and then she steers the class to paintball guns, and then asks whose family has a big yellow pickup truck. And the teacher's like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> And it turns out to be a Middle Eastern kid. It's like, whoa. Um, were you going to say something? Didn't at some point 
she used the word Arab. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like, would think Arab. That, I figured that would have stood out to me, but I'm not sure. I can't say for sure. Yeah, yeah, she did. She called uh, she called them Arabs. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> that seems like a very dated yeah. term. So, for, but you know, this was '07, so we're the, we're the Iraqi <laughs> war is. You know. Yeah, we're in a more enlightened twelve years later. Everything is much better, and people are much oh more, yeah, it's great, much smarter, and yeah, only. sensitive to people's beliefs and uh, mm-hmm. countries, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So glad it's we're, completely different. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be releasing this in a hundred years. Uh, so, <laughs> hello to the future. Um, okay. So, uh, Veronica follows the kid home and uh, finds these teens that she shoots with their own paintball guns and starts doing like a whole Jules from Pulp Fiction thing. <laughs> and uh, look at the big brain, brain on Brett. Um, and then he's like, oh, I, it, it, it was us, but it, we weren't like, we're not like, we didn't spray paint terrorists on there. We'd just been paintballing everything. We, yeah, they were like, yeah, we also, I don't know, something terrible, I'm sure he said. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he shows her a DVD of them paintballing everybody, including uh, Principal Clemens. Oh, yeah. Hey, Principal Clemens. Which, we miss you. Which I was thinking, oh, man, Principal Clemens is going to show up later in this episode and he's going to be a part of some other plot or whatever. Uh, but he never does. Nope. And uh, I also have to say, he never does again. This is Aww. that was the last we're going to see of Dwayne Daniels, who played Principal Clemens. I wonder if they were just like, you want to come back for a cameo? <laughs> <laughs> But it's just funny. It's like, I don't know. I guess I would have rather his goodbye being the graduation. But I don't know. It's, maybe it was just a fun cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're back to video surveillance. And yeah, he, she gets the teens to clean up the paintball mess in front of the restaurant. And she... Yeah, with Vizine. Bring your Vizine. <laughs> right. Because uh, that one kid is a real stoner. Uh, what? Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, he had his mouth hanging little, open the entire time. Yeah, he was a little corny-like. Yeah, very corny-like. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of cameos, they could have shot put corny in there. Like, hey, dude, you've graduated from high school. What are you smoking weed with these kids for? <laughs> um, all right, so we go to the video surveillance, and Veronica spots a someone wearing the, a shirt with the word Sneed Batman and a number 11. <laughs> And so she spots somebody wearing that shirt, and hey, it's uh, it's David Guntoli. Who? Well, he's the star of Grimm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce his name, because I haven't watched the show before and haven't participated in the fandom, so uh, Grimm fan, sorry. You can put, you know, flame me in the Facebook groups. Do we use flame anymore? I don't think flame so. Flame all right, so he tells her that number 11 is Jason Cohen, and he lives in a Jewish frat. And Veronica goes to his frat and sees um, somebody taking pictures fall out of a tree and run away. And it turns out he's taking pictures of um, Amira and Jason. And, and oh, Amira is there oh. at the frat house. Oh. And uh, it was Nasir taking the pictures. And she's not supposed to be sleeping with Jewish people, I guess, because I, 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 apparently that's a whole thing. I, I don't really, right. I don't really, I don't really know. It will, the community will get upset yeah. and turn against us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh crap! What was that? So now Amira is needing Veronica's help. You right. know, before she was, ma- you know, still mad about her mm-hmm. pirate points. But uh, so Veronica figures out there's only two uh, all night film. 
that's so weird to a place where you can get film developed. Yeah. Wow. They had printers. And, yeah, and so he's on foot or he's on bicycle. So Veronica finds tracks him down and finds him. He what happened was he ran, his student visa ran out, so her parents hired him, and she was supposed to marry him. Yes. To keep him in the country or whatever. And he's yeah, very, so um, maybe? yeah, he's very, um, oh, what do you call when you're very, uh, what do you call it when you are very devout? Yeah. You know, very, uh, culturally, whatever. Cause she, she was like, yeah, I don't want in, I don't, I, she's very like Americanized right. and doesn't, and, but her dad is very, uh, traditional and again, because and you can tell by the way he speaks to Veronica uh you know the way males and females mm-hmm. their their roles and but uh, uh Amira is like yeah I'm, I don't I'm I want to be like a noble girl <laughs> the problem is Veronica gets the pictures but there are some half developed ones which Nasir gets and gives right to the father so all that was for mm-hmm. nothing but but there was all that cute stuff where Veronica pretends to be <laughs> his girlfriend to get the pictures <laughs> yeah. and then goes over and speaks to asks for the time and then like touches him yeah. to make it look <laughs> all, uh, you know from afar like she knows him very well and like, what the heck He's like, I don't know this woman. <laughs> um, so that was cute. So yeah, the, Mary gets busted, and Veronica gets gets fired, and she's like, "No, I work for your wife, and she mm-hmm. works for Wolfram and Hart, so I wouldn't mess with her." <laughs> she's very Italian. You don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. How you know she play? She can play Middle Eastern. She can play Italian. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like, what's his name, Max? What's his name? Never mind. We will speak about Adam him Rose. later. No, no, the other Greenfield Greenberg. Oh yes, Leo. <laughs> Leo. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll talk about him later. Okay. Uh, so Babylon Gardens is vandalized again, but this time they took a scroll that uh, Veronica encouraged um, the the parents to hang up because she put a tra- tracer in there. So she tracks it to a garbage outside a house that belongs. Well, to- but first. The dad wasn't going to go along with it because Veronica wanted him to, but some, I don't know, somehow she... Well, I think it was like a thing, like, we don't want to, you know, upset the community more or something, you know, by... You don't want to invite vandalism by hanging something out like that, you know? It's just going to take get taken down anyway. And Veronica, Veronica, I mean, it seemed like she was just like, no, you shouldn't have to... um, you know, you can't let the terrorists, I guess, win. <laughs> the yeah. real terrorists. And you that think that she was just being, yeah, you think she was just being, oh, you didn't think that she was, that she, she was being for real, yeah. but she had a plan and you didn't realize that until it got taken. And, uh, but it turns out uh, Derek has a brother who is a vet and he's in a wheelchair and he's... Uh, really upset because he uh, caught Nasir passing out terrorist propaganda, and it's a really uh, kind of a gross cartoon, like the word Iraq, and then it shows American soldiers going in, and then coffins coming out, uh, and then just like a bunch of like you know terrorists going yay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so uh, Veronica tells Richard and Sabira, and 
then she mentions that Derek's on probation, but Rashad just wants to meet him. So we get this whole very, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Some of the reviews called him very like after school specialist, you know, like kind of bonk bonk on the head, kind of like I'm American just like you, you know, and yeah, yeah. This well, this whole episode's kind of. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, we're all, we all come from, yeah, we all come from somewhere else. We're all fighting to make it. And Derek slams the door anyway. And, um, Veronica offers to call the cops. And Rashad's like, no, we're, we're, uh, the troubles with him are over. And then Sabira's like, hey, what about your daughter? And he's like, well, I should meet this Jason fellow. And, and, and he's like, but I support Nasir's right to free speech, but I do not want to support him. The flyer really pissed him off. So he calls INS. Case closed. <laughs> it's kind of like, wow. <laughs> An extreme change in behavior of this. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, it's kind of like, you know, these days seeing like, well, INS will just take this guy away <laughs> and we don't have to deal with him anymore. Um, all right. So uh, the next thing we want to talk about is underage drinking. We, we find a college frat bar called The Break. And uh, this kid is falling asleep at the bar and he gets cut off and then he stumbles out of the road and gets hit by a car. And Keith's really pissed. This 19-year-old kid's never going to be able to walk again. And uh, then he sees in the Hearst Free Press that uh, there are tons of bars that are advertised in there where only a quarter of Hearst students are over 21. And Veronica talks about, oh, yeah, the break is usually called the cake because it's so easy for kids to drink there. And so the Keith tells his officers to crack down on the bars. And we have uh, Deputy Gills, <laughs> which I just love the last name, who is uh, very much, uh, I don't know, lamb-like <laughs> in his uh, immorality. Um, and how much he just does not want to do his job at all. <laughs> uh, you know, it'd be great if Lamb didn't get killed and maybe this was a way that Lamb got taken out of the show, right? Yeah. Like he got deputized and he was just like, I'm not going to do my job. You know, let, let the kids drink. Let me take my cut. And then Keith catches him and then he get, legitimately gets fired. Yeah. That was, that, <sighs> I don't know. Um, this time with Lamb's death, it really didn't. I don't know. It didn't bother me. But I remember the first time I saw it, like it was a shock. Yeah. And it was. And when he was like, "I smell bread" or whatever, I was like, "Well, that's so disturbing. <laughs> that's so whoa." But I don't know. This time I was like, "Eh, okay." Yeah. I know Maybe because of... I knew it was coming. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we were kind of feeling bad for him last time um, during the last podcast. But um, I don't know if you... Uh, oh, I saw. Okay. Who <laughs> uh, was it? Ray? Ray that... We, uh, that we'll just, say, we'll just say first names right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, some some tea was spilled in our group. Is that what the kids say? <laughs> I've never heard that. I don't know. Yeah, you know, like spreading gossip or... Is it spilling tea or like, uh, ooh, I heard this about somebody kind of thing? I don't know. I'm old. Well, yeah, the pro- <laughs> yeah he's... Ray, correct? Am I, am I, is that the right person? Yes, I just didn't want to say his last posted, name. Okay, he posted that uh, this Perez Hilton uh, article, you know, whether you believe the gossips or whatever, that he was fired, that Michael Muni, Muni was fired from Young and the Restless, like, for harassing a co-star, a co-worker, right. and so they had to get rid of him, and he was fired from Veronica Mars because of his... Ego, hmm. so that's that's there was no there were no details, but 
Yeah. So apparently that was that was the rumors going around at the time. And of course, Perez Hilton, you know, not the most reputable source of information. Yeah. So it's interesting. I just yeah, never mostly, heard that before. So yeah, mostly people read all that stuff just for the yeah, he, you know they don't take it too seriously. But. He's kind of the worst parser in anyway. Oh. There goes the, the police. Uh, they're pulling up to take me away, so I better get this get back to podcasting here. Um, so yeah, anyway, Gilbs, the the new lamb, <laughs> it seems. Um, yeah, again, that's you know hearing about that story, and if that story is true, I wonder if they were going to go with this kind of thing where lambs, lamb, lambs. Lamb gets demoted, and then Keith busts him, you know, cutting corners. We've mm-hmm. never seen Gills before, but he's no. so Lamb-like that right. maybe this was a Lamb story. And then if if he was, you know, trouble on the set, um, maybe he got fired, and they just were like, well, we'll just put another officer as the culprit of this episode. Mm-hmm. Storyline, at least. I don't know. So uh, we have... Uh, yeah, the owner of uh, the break then talks to Keith about a bribe, kind of. He's but like, you, oh. I'm- this guy's very recognizable, Jack McGee. Oh, yeah? Is he in mm-hmm. anything? I know Jack McGee oh, no. was always chasing David Banner in the uh, Incredible Hulk. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Really, don't, he- make me, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me if I'm angry. Wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Anyway, I mean, a- I just know, I just like knew his name. Yeah, I know him well enough to know his name. Just one of those faces. Mm-hmm. He looked familiar. I just didn't look up his IMDb. He was Turkey Turkey and Axe Cop. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Keith kind of refuses to bribe. He's like, yeah, this, I don't need your money. You know, you don't need to buy any raffle tickets. Whatever, clean up your act. And then he walks out of the back room and he finds Piz and Wallace drinking at the bar. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's funny is Keith calls Piz by his name. Stosh. That's exactly how it says it, too. Stosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stosh Piznarski. Now, has Keith met Piz before? Mm-hmm. He has? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you remember when? I think. Uh, hmm. I guess. See, I have a terrible memory, so... I mean, I can't... Veronica fans are going to come for us this episode. I just yeah, I can't remember <laughs> the specific instance, but I'm sure yeah. he has. Well, address your tweets to me and open it up with, Hey, dummy, and I know you'll be tweeting at me um, when you remind me of uh, when Keith and Piz originally met. As far as I know, it seems like he's never met him before, but I, I could be wrong. Um, because Piz has been missing for, like, a, a many episodes, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they have to insist upon Piz. Um, so, yeah, Wallace and Piz have fake IDs. He's there trying to, because Wallace is trying to get him to refocus, get, stop thinking about Veronica, and try going after another girl, and more on that later. But, you know, he does, like, kind of meet a girl named Miranda while he's at the bar. Um, so I wonder who this person is. Is she like a professional pool player or something? Yeah. Like she doesn't look very. Maybe it's another uh, in, America's Next Top Model that's been. Not she looks, <laughs> she looks unactorly. <laughs> um, so Keith lectures Veronica. What if they got drunk and stumbled out into the streets? And it's like, yeah, Dad, I wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Dad. I've been making fake IDs all my life. Yeah. Now it's just. The time when this thing could happen. Yeah, it looks a little. It looks pretty bad when there has been a nineteen-year-old who 
had a fake ID who stumbled out into the street and got hit by a car and will be paralyzed for the rest of his life, you know, makes it makes it more real than hooking up your friends for helping out with uh, the previous murder case <laughs> or not oh, the, <laughs> the rape case rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so Keith goes to Wallace and Piz the next day and they have the front page of the lampoon hanging on their door and it says Mars attacks and it shows a cartoon version of Keith yelling at Wallace and Piz, which I thought was funny. <laughs> Uh, and then he gives them fake IDs. Uh, Piz has John Bon Jovi, and Wallace has Bicky Smalls. I love Wallace. It's like, you do know we don't all look alike. And then tells them they need to go out drinking. Um, so they go out to the break, I think, and they buy non-alcoholic beer. And then all the, all the pee and none of the fun, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Gills does an ID check. He barely looks at it. He. Vocally is just like such a waste of time. So the next day, Keith, of course, yeah, is is that when he comes in? He says, "Wave him in the air like you just don't care." Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't even look at nope. him. Yeah, he fires Gills and three other officers, and he's and Gills is like, you know, if I have to go, we're all gonna walk. And Keith is just like, go right ahead. So I'm not sure if that Keith just lost most of his staff because we didn't really see anybody else walk out. But um, Veronica then apologizes to Keith and says she's going to use her powers for good from now on. <laughs> um. Okay, so here's a bit of trivia. Okay. Before we get into uh, the next part of the story, which I titled You're Pissing Me Off. Um, <laughs> preview of my attitude for... Oh, I can't wait to discuss it. <laughs> Un-American Graffiti is the first episode of Veronica Mars not to be part of a broader story arc in the form of a mystery that Veronica solves over several episodes. The very first. Uh-huh. <laughs> the cruise. Wow. Yeah. Their plan at the beginning of the season was to have a two-part murder mystery of Hearst's basketball coach encapsulated in post-game mortem and Mars bars to stretch over the rest of the season beginning with oh, this wow. episode. But huh. yeah, but they changed it around after uh, around the hiring, around the airing of Spit and Eggs. Uh, Rob Thomas gave two rationales for the creative change. The first was that he believed that the story arcs alienated new or casual viewers, meaning the change would solve the series' low Nielsen ratings. While the other reason was that he noticed that after the first season, the show had garnered the most narrative criticism about the story arcs. On trying the new narrative structures, Thomas stated, It seems like a good time to do it. A good, fun test balloon. Try it over five episodes and see how fans or and non-fans react. However, Thomas also commented that the show would continue to exhibit a degree of serialization through Veronica's romantic and personal life. In addition, the new story formula was a way to have episodes focus on Veronica's personal life instead of devoting most of the episode time to advancing rushed mysteries, which is interesting. And I think it really uh, – this 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 train of thought here is what leads uh, Rob to iZombie, the way he handles iZombie later, you know? Uh I mean, I think it's the network wants it this way. Yeah, but I, I think I think they genuinely are like, we want people to watch the show and we don't want people to come in and feel like they can't watch it because it's all serialized. Yes, but now in – yeah, that was fine before when people watched live television and had ball games on <laughs> sometimes yeah, and couldn't yeah. see every episode. But now nope. Does anybody in the world watch an episode of television here and there? Nobody watches, you know, oh, I'm going to watch 
this show this week, and next week I'm going to watch another show. Nobody just casually watches <laughs> television anymore. Yeah. They're like all in, hardcore. I want to. I want to know it all. I want to see it all. It's not like and, oh, and obsess on it. oh, Simon and Simon is on. I guess I'll watch this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, uh, oh, oh. We don't have a ball game uh, this Friday night, so we're going to watch Dynasty yeah. this Friday night. <laughs> Miss it for six months. <laughs> no, pe- and people will wait till it's on Netflix and watch it all at one time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so. Uh, that frustrates me so much. But it's just like, especially like you know we're we're such huge supporters of iZombie, and it's like you get people like ah I'll catch it on Netflix that way I don't have yeah, to wait around can, like no how can you watch, wait watch it watch it while it's on the how air how can you how how can you wait watch it and talk about it uh, anyway yeah how do, how can you keep the excitement up if you don't watch it as soon as it airs right. It's weird. It is interesting, though. His original plan was it was going to go from the 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 rapes to the uh, that led right into the dean's murder, and you know we have that that bridge of you know could it have been the Lilith house, you know, and their anger over the whole rape situation and how they were treated, mm-hmm. and, you know, being like the first suspects, and then you know right when the dean's murder is solved, that's when the coach gets murdered, and I wonder if they could have they were thinking about kind of bridging you know from the dean to the coach and having the you know and then they were going to have the coach for the rest of the season frankly another person we don't care yes, about like, oh, <laughs> frankly i mean like oh kill off dick i hate to say it but like kill off somebody that we care about oh god wallace imagine veronica's like the last uh you know five or six episodes is dedicated to her tracking down finding what happened to wallace you know he goes missing and then he ends up murdered like a couple of days a couple of, oh I, I hate it but you know i definitely want to feel i even shelly pomeroy <laughs> i was thinking like veronica's mother i would, we be, don't see veronica's I mother. would be more invested in shelly pomeroy yeah. than then this coach we met else. for two seconds in Wichita linebacker and it was yelling and was yelling. <laughs> and then we see him yelling at the beginning of this episode right before he gets killed. You know, I mean, there was at least some bit of setup to the Dean's case where we met the Dean and we dealt with, you know, a couple of cases that had kind of involved him before he was murdered. But uh, yeah, interesting way to go through season three where he just decided like, Instead of doing one huge case over a season, um, I'm going to do like three, and then decided no, screw it. <laughs> At the end, towards the end of season three, he's like, I'm doing standalones. That's all I'm doing. Or, or maybe, or maybe the network was like, okay, Rob, we're going to cancel you if you can't do something. Yeah, we need to boost these change ratings. it up, yeah. get these ratings up. We know you're a critical darling. The critics love you. Right. You're going to go down as one of the best shows ever, but. <laughs> yeah. We need, and I'm sure this was the time when people stopped watching. Because, you know, like Buffy and Angel and back in that time, mm-hmm. television shows got like 14 million. Even the CW, WB, CW, nobody watched it, but still millions and millions of people where now a show on the CW is lucky to, they don't even, you know, where does a zombie get some million? Right. Maybe. Yeah. Nobody watches live TV. Everybody's got it on their DVR watching it all together or waiting for Netflix or whatever. Um, anyway. Anyway, it's just interesting to see how the show went. And 
you know, I also wanted to kind of bridge it into how how Rob has dealt with iZombie. He was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to take the, we're going to have the personal overarching case, but we're also going to have a case by case thing so people can go, okay, fun, brain of the week, you know, what's the, what's the murder? It gets solved in an hour. Okay. You know, and I think that's, um, I think that's what he's decided on towards the end of this Veronica season. He's like, I'm going to mm-hmm. get with these quirky characters. We're going to have cases. We're going to be, they're going to, Veronica is going to help solve them, but we're going to have Veronica's personal life. Um, and the things happen, you know, turn that way, stretch over. So what's the first thing we have to deal with the personal life? Piss. Um, <laughs> so that, that leads me into what I titled. You're pissing me off. Okay. So let, let's go through this. <laughs> Well, okay, so it's Parker's birthday. Yes. And Logan is, like, really excited to plan this birthday party, and he has this cake. These guys. With this picture of them. It's like they've been dating a long yes! time. Yes! What the heck? Like, okay, he's been dating her for maybe, uh, okay. I, I guess two weeks? Two weeks. I'll give, it, I'll give him that. And also, him and Mac are, like, close. <laughs> oh, remember when we were in high school? Really, you couldn't stand me or didn't even know I existed, but. Well, remember when we did that scavenger hunt, though? Now we're, now we're buds. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's probably because Parker is roommates with Mac, so he sees Mac more often these past two weeks, mm-hmm. and now they're acting like they've. I don't know. It it, it it's it's interesting. Um, I mean, maybe maybe um, when Veronica was with Logan, Mac didn't see Logan as somebody good for her. Yeah. Maybe she still saw Logan as an O Niner. And Which he was. didn't think, <laughs> but didn't think that Veronica really had a future with Logan. Right. Saw the writing on the wall, knew that it wouldn't work. But now that he's with, uh, I can never freaking Parker. remember her name, Parker. <laughs> I mean, Logan is completely different. He's gone through. Well, yeah. Now that he's lost all the Veronica, things he's gone through, and um, now he's dating Parker. Um, he's suddenly brightened up. As if Veronica mm-hmm. was the thing that was causing him to uh, mm-hmm. go through this dark time, you know? Like, why couldn't he have brightened up with Veronica? Why could I don't know. I guess it was just a lot of baggage involved. Whereas with Parker, there's no baggage and no worries. So that mm-hmm. might be the appeal. I don't know. Uh, yeah, him and Parker just do not have history. And so it's just easier. Uh, but they don't have history. And it's really weird that they have this picture of themselves together. And, <laughs> and he made this cake out of this picture. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Mac waves Logan and Parker to come over and sit with her and Veronica, and Veronica is suddenly busy again. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, I have this fake smile on my face. Everything's great. <clears throat> oh yeah, I'm so busy. Maybe I can make it to the birthday party. Yeah. Uh. Um. So you know, Mac. So so Veronica pulls Mac aside and is like, "You're going to go with me, right? You're going to be you're going to be my support system." And she's like, "No, I'm going to be there early. I'm going to help set up." So she ends up asking Piz and Wallace. And who? And then Wallace is like, "Why don't you talk to the girl? Talk to a girl that know, that knows you're alive." Um, so later, Veronica rides the elevator up to uh, the party at the Neptune Grand with Dick, whose fly is open on purpose. And she has this weird dress on. Oh, I didn't notice. It's a dress that has like an elastic around the bottom. Uh-huh. So weird. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so yeah, he offers her a drink and she's going to take take it and she wipes, yeah. <laughs> wipes the mouth Ugh. off 
honestly, I don't even know if I take the drink after wiping. It. Yeah. Like, what do you know what's going on with, with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Zick's very excited. He's met two girls on MySpace and he's invited <laughs> them both. <laughs> and he's just going to do the classic sitcom thing where he's got one in each room. <laughs> uh, so also Veronica introduces Max to Mac. And they hit it off, and Max is like, did my friends hire you? <laughs> yeah, Veronica's like, uh, let me go over here and you two discuss who's going to change their names. Mm. So uh, a little bit of trivia from the very beginning of his appearances on the show. Max was planned to begin a romantic relationship with Mac. And Adam Rose was actually roommates during this time with Michael Mitchell, who plays Bronson. And so when he received the call that he would be appearing in more episodes for a romantic storyline with Mac, Rose was like, "Uh, I thought that's what my roommate was doing. (laughs) What? He thought he he did. He he figured he was playing Max and doing Max things, but he didn't realize that they were setting him up to be uh, a love interest for Mac. And he was roommates oh. with the guy who played Bronson. Oh, they just happened to be roommates. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so Wallace and Piz introduce Miranda to Veronica. Uh, that happens. Uh, we'll go back to them. But um, yeah, Dick navigates between the two girls who are happy to team up with each other. And Dick is super excited. He gets ice and then he gets locked into the room with the machine. And the girls turn out to know each other and he's busted. And they go to the elevator. And as the doors are closing, they start to kiss. And Dick does his best Dustin Hoffman and starts panding on the glass. No! <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, when Dick gets, you know, when bad things happen to Dick, that's always fun. <laughs> Logan gets a per- Parker a birthday cake with a picture of both of them on it. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica tells Parker that she's happy for them. And Parker then, for some reason, gives her a slice of cake with Logan's face on it. Like, <laughs> she had to have seen what she's giving Veronica. I don't get it, you know. What, what was that supposed to mean, you know? Well, you can have this picture of him. Uh, and then Logan comes up and he's like, oh, Veronica should date, you know. There's, you know, there's always a, a there, there might be a consistently good person here, you know, tonight for you. And then he sets her up with some dude that's super into swing dance. And I felt this, I felt bad for this guy because this is very Jerry Seinfeldian where Veronica's like, hey, he's into swing dancing. Ugh. It's like the one thing about oh. him, I just don't like him. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm going to uh be very judgmental yeah. and jump to conclusion and but he also did the the uh banana fan of fanny thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a deal breaker. That yes. <laughs> and he was also doing like finger pistols. Oh, something wrong with finger pistols? <laughs> she does finger pistols. Anyway. So, Piz and Miranda are warming up when Veronica runs up to hug him and pretend to be my boyfriend and all that. And uh, Go give me a drink. Miranda looks kind of disappointed and Veronica pull, or Wallace pulls Veronica aside and says, stop messing with him and put him out of his misery. And she's like, what? I have no idea. <laughs> so, she goes to Piz and invites him out to Logan's balcony. And she talks about how her head's been in a different place than his and he just out and out grabs her face and kisses her. But yeah, because him and Wallace had a discussion earlier about going for it. Yeah, yeah. So he went for it. And 
he coolly says, just friends, and walks out. And then she meets him at the elevator, and they kiss more, and the doors open, and Logan's standing there. And- oh! Oh! <laughs> okay. You know, surprisingly, I'm okay with Logan and Veronica breaking up. I'm okay with it. Okay, well, you're probably just, okay with our podcast breaking up then. So I'll talk to you I'm later. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. When Veronica kissed Piz, I, or Piz kissed Veronica, I was like, you know what? I feel something right here in my no, chest. No, they did that on purpose. <laughs> Go back and watch that scene. They did their TV magic thing. They, 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 they rushed, and then they did the CW thing where they turned the music up, and it's, ooh. Singing songs and love is good. And, uh, and we got to put this in the promo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was BS. I, I don't like that for I it, it pulled my heartstrings. I kind of liked it. I Okay. Right here, I'm mad. Okay. I do not. I'm not. I'm not happy. I'm mad. The next episode... I have I have I have different feelings. Okay, so okay. we'll get to that. Okay, okay. I, I look forward to ex- explaining it. Uh, so, you have anything else to say about this episode? I mean, my last note is boo, like a, like lots of O's. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 ex- I'm having a completely different experience this time around. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the vandalism case was kind of not very strong, but I did like the uh, Keith busting the underage people. Um, Oh, so yeah, I was completely bored with that. Oh, really? I like when it involved Piz and Wallace. You know, Wallace yeah, is uh, one of the main characters on the show. Yeah, I mean, I did like that. <laughs> I did like that. You know, Piz was like, oh, I really like Veronica. I hope Veronica's dad likes me. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. He can't see me here. I'm going to stand here and look at the back wall <laughs> and hope that he doesn't recognize me uh, from where we don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're still trying to rack our brains to see. Well, as soon as I get my Hey Dummy tweet, um, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, I do want to remind everybody to check out the app from our friends at TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. And we are a part of the TV Talk network. So check out TV Talk for more podcasting fun. tvtalk.fm. And so we need to get into our last episode this week called Debasement Tapes. We just got to slap Debasement Tapes. Written by John M. Baum. Also, first-time director and friend of the show, Dan Etheridge. Mm. Uh, summary is, Piz asks Veronica to help him find Paul Rudd's tapes, while the writers make a solid attempt at trying to make Veronica Piz happen. Meanwhile, Logan starts to slide, and Keith helps Leo out with the case. Okay, so, Paul Rudd's in the spoilers. Steph, I gave you an assignment. I did it myself. We're going to talk about our top ten Paul Rudd movies we're not going to take too long talking about it, but... Okay. Well, let's run through this. So, how do we want to do this? 10, 10, Oh, nine, shoot. Nine. Okay. Yes. Okay. Why don't you start with your number 10? Number 10. In 2013, there's a movie with uh, Paul Rudd and, and uh, Paul Giamatti called All is Bright. Hmm, never seen it. With an ugly Paul Rudd. Like, they <laughs> ugly him up. <laughs> To make him look like an ex-con. No. It was, it was a pretty good movie. Is that one of his mustache it, movies? No. Okay. No, not yet. Uh-uh. Okay. I think they like maybe put fake teeth in to make him look just not pretty. So it was uh, the 
while out on parole, Dennis reluctantly takes a job selling Christmas trees with his old buddy, Renee, in order to make enough money to buy his estranged daughter the piano she's always wanted. Hmm. So Paul, pa- Paul Giamatti and Paul Rudd. The Pauls. Uh, yeah. So Christmas, they're, they're Canadians that, come, that go to uh, New York to sell Christmas trees. My number- it's good. You should watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll eventually get to it. He's got so many movies. I, I learned, I was like, holy cow, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen of his. Um, I, I was surprised I was able to come up with 10. Um, my number 10, is simply for the name alone, um, he's in Romeo and Juliet, and he plays Dave Paris. <laughs> hmm. Which, you know, Paris, the uh, the guy who's, you know, supposed to be dating Juliet and Romeo kind of woos her away from him. But I love in the updated uh, Baz Luhrmann version, he's called Dave Paris. <laughs> Just <laughs> ridiculous. Just Dave. Dave. Just what the bard thought his name should be, Dave Paris. <laughs> I don't remember that, uh, but I, I do love that movie. Me too. I guess that was like right after Clueless. Yeah, it was the 90s, you know. Yeah. What's your okay, my number, my number nine is Admission. I haven't seen that one either, Tina Fey. I know. Uh, yes, I don't think a lot of people saw this movie. This was 2013. Straight laced Princeton University admissions officer Portia Nathan Tina Fey is caught off guard when she makes a recruiting visit to an alternative high school overseen by her former college classmate, the freewheeling John Pressman Paul Rudd. Pressman has surmised that Jeremiah Nat Wolf, his guilt, his gifted yet very unconventional student, might well be. And these ads full of spoilers. Anyway, well, tell me all it is, <laughs> it's a cute movie uh-huh. where she's an admissions, a college, a, a, a Princeton University College admission officer. And he runs this really weird school where they're like farming and they have cows and stuff. And, and they fall like, in love. He's, and they fall in love. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> My number nine is Knocked Up. Because Paul Rudd is one of the best parts of that movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so much so that uh, he gets his own movie. And that's, uh, all right, spoilers, my number eight. This is 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just knock those two right out of, the, right out of there. But I, it knocked up by uh, Paul Rudd's scenes with, especially, I think it was like the Vegas trip where they get high. Um, some of the funniest uh, parts of that movie. Although, as I say, just Judd Avatar movies kind of rank low in my comedies just because how freaking long they are. They're so long. Yeah. Uh, but see, I don't. I didn't even. I, I didn't really list many of those because I don't really remember them. And also, I, I don't know. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not crazy about them. Uh, so that would be my number eight. My number eight is the fundamentals of caring. Hmm. Which was a 2016 Netflix. Oh, yeah, the net, uh, we go to a road trip with the kid. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah. I saw many commercials. I saw it every yeah. time I fired up Netflix. A, a trailer would automatically start. Mm. Not a hilarious movie. Mm-hmm. More of a drama. He's doing more drama here. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Uh, where they pick up Gomez. What's her name? Oh, Selena Gomez? Selena Gomez uh, is in it. Okay. Yeah, it's cute. Well, I said my number eight. This is 40. Um Okay. Yeah, I I just like Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann. I remember enjoying it. You know, I, it wasn't like one of the best, but you know, it was a continuation of that character from Not Knocked Up. So, ah. Uh, but what's your uh, number eight? That was that oh, was wait. fundamentals of care. Oh, sorry. Go so on I your need, number seven. My number seven is Prince Avalanche. It's another it, Paul Rudd mustache. I have not Paul seen Paul Rudd mustache. Yeah, twenty thirteen. And it's got that. Kid it's in a it. David. Hmm? That kid from Into the Wild. 
And the girl next door, that kid, I forget oh, his name is. Oh, but he's in there. Dang it. Now I can't remember. Uh, her, uh, oh, Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, yeah. It's one of those people son? who were, they were in, I don't think so. They were in everything for so, yeah. for like several years. And then like, you haven't seen him in years. Like, yeah. where is he? Is he off spending his money? Right. Um, so that's 2013. David Gordon Green wrote it, directed it, and everything. There, it's just there were. It's just the two of them in the movie, and they're like in like Oregon, maybe working on a road, uh-huh. and they're just camping out away from home. It's funny. It's a cute, very cute movie. Um, yeah, I've just never seen it. So funny. We've or we haven't overlapped yet. Um, my number seven is I Love You, Man. Uh, which uh, I I liked. It was fun. Uh, I think it you know it tried to tell talk a lot about male relationships. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it had him. It had Jason Segel and Rashida Jones. I like all them. And uh, I love saying slapping the bass. So I had to put that in there. Mm-hmm. Your number six. Okay, my number six is Wet Hot American Summer, nice. where he was. Th- 2001 so cool he was like the cool guy that all the girls wanted to get with yeah. rode a motorcycle ah so good so funny of that i love what he's like i don't know i just love that role uh yeah it's like so nonchalant yeah uh my number six is clueless i remember him just being like you know one of the hearts of that movie you know there's uh, but you know he's just i don't know the he's really funny in there it was probably my first one where i was like who's this guy Yes, my number five is Clueless nice. because Josh. That's where we fell in love with him. That's probably uh-huh. first thing we saw. Everybody saw. Yeah, everybody. God, it's such a good movie. So good. So that was your number five. Mm-hmm. My number five is They Came Together, which is a really funny. Uh, I should watch that again. I didn't care for it when I saw it. I love Paul I Rudd. I, should... I love Amy Poehler, and it was just—I mm-hmm. don't know—it was funny because it was like a romantic comedy, but it was—you it, know—it wasn't perfect. Uh, but I just love those two actors so much, and I loved seeing them in a romantic comedy that was a satire of a romantic comedy. That you know, mm-hmm. fun. What's your okay? My number four is like I had no idea about this. I'd never heard of this movie. I caught it on HBO about a month ago. Uh-huh. 2018 Ideal Home. Wow. Never saw it. It's with Steve Coogan. It's hilarious (laughs) because Steve Coogan and Paul Rudd are like bickering and bouncing off each other. They're married. Steve Coogan plays this uh, pretentious television chef. They live in New Mexico in this gorgeous home. Paul Rudd has this ridiculous haircut (laughs) and beard and... it's real. It's really good. If what it's about is Steve Coogan's grandchild shows up and they have to take care of this grandchild. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just caught it on HBO. It shocked me. Cool. I love Steve Coogan. <laughs> okay, go is ahead. Is that your four? That was four. Okay, my four is Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Uh, really funny. He's a part of the team. I, I, it just the Sex Panther thing. Uh, he's just hilarious, and uh, it is just like the ideal Paul Rudd mustache movie. It's just he's really funny at it. He's got all. The, he's got such great lines. And uh, you know, I love me some Anchorman. It's unfortunately Anchorman two came along and really just like okay, we get the joke. Not as much fun to yeah. watch, but the first one great. I am I am not an Anchorman person, and. It's funny, but I don't know. It just did not – it didn't click with me. Well, Rob Burgundy now has a podcast 
which I listen to every week. And it's just so funny that Will Ferrell is doing a podcast as Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and uh, this last episode was him talking uh, poetry with uh, Peter Dinklage. And, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage is, you know, playing himself, showing up on this show and thinking that he's going to seriously read some poetry. Meanwhile, Ron Burgundy has like a noise machine that plays like farts and laughs and, you know, whoos. And it, it, the episode had me cracking up today. But, um, uh, yeah, the sequel to Anchorman, not so good, which made me kind of like worried about checking out the podcast. But uh, I don't know. Will Ferrell's mm-hmm. having some fun doing it, I think. Uh, no Paul Rudd yet, though. What's your number three? Number three is Role Models. Nice. I love this movie. <laughs> Probably because, like, they're like, oh, look at that weird LARPing. That's so nerdy. <laughs> look at that weirdo. And and now everybody is like, everybody's a nerd. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was the beginning of, of that. Uh-huh. But so uh, I love Sean William Scott. So they're like, they work for a, a an energy drink company and they go around to schools uh-huh. to, uh, you know, tell kids not to do drugs, to drink energy drinks <laughs> instead. And he's like depressed. Yeah. Trying to figure out what he wants to do in life. He's like, I'm unfulfilled. Something happens, and he has to take this. He has to be like a big brother to this little kid. Yeah, they get. To, they have to do community service. Yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, yeah. Sweet, I like it for sure. Uh, well, my number three is Ant Man because Paul Rudd is great in that movie. Um, I would like to put Ant Man and the Wasp right alongside it, although uh, you know uh, it definitely isn't a tie. Um, but um, I love Paul Rudd as a Marvel superhero And he's so funny <laughs> No, gosh, I'm hearing a lot of sighing on your end <laughs> I think Ant-Man is the most unfunny thing I've ever seen Paul Rudd in Like, he's so anti-funny in that movie. I was so disappointed I think it might be because you were I was high? so looking I was, <laughs> no, I was so looking forward to uh, Edgar Wright's Ant-Man uh, And when it wasn't Edgar Wright's Ant-Man <laughs> I mean that was hashtag film twitter bad bad bad. now I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp was was entertaining I liked it better Mm. but but Ant-Man was that was the first I mean I even like all the Thor movies Mm -hmm. Ant-Man was my first disappointment in the Marvel cinematic universe Mm -hmm. I say watch it again and um, stop thinking about Edgar Wright because yeah he would have made it a superior Ant-Man but still it's funny stuff I didn't think it was funny at all. <laughs> okay. Well, what number are we on? Two. Number two. I love you, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. J.K. Simmons is so fun. I think that was a that was very of the time. Uh-huh. Uh, that was 2009 with, you know, the bromance stuff. Yes. And the guy, you know, the male, um, you know, just letting go of this toxic masculinity <clears throat> And realizing that you got to have guy friends and and just celebrating, you know, your friendship with a guy, and that relationships don't always have to be about sex. No, they they have to be about slapping the bass, which okay. there's lots of bass slapping in that movie. Well, and I like that Paul Rudd's character is kind of he's kind of like playing against type. He's you know so uptight, uh-huh. and he's he realizes that he's got to. You know, let go. And sure. Jason Siegel is very free spirited and mm-hmm. he's got to be more like that. Yes. So, yeah, I love you, man. Was oh, J.K. Simmons hilarious? 
Yeah, it's funny. I watched I, – I, doing this list, I was like, man, I really got to see some of these movies again. I just enjoyed them so much. Um, uh, my number two is Wet Hot American Summer because <laughs> he is the freaking man in that movie and is so funny. I just love Paul Rudd playing cool but not actually being cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not cool at no. all, ever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's my number two. <laughs> My number one, number one, I love this movie so much. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hell no. No, Our Idiot Brother. Oh, right. Did you see that? I have. It didn't stick with me. I loved it because he's not an idiot. Right. And this is, and I feel like this is very much, I think this plays up his personality, his persona more than anything. He's just so positive uh-huh. and sweet. And, I mean, he's not an idiot. He just is so... um Earnest and sweet, and but his sisters—it drives his sisters crazy because his the way he views life is so different than them. Mainly Emily Mortimer. Uh-huh. Oh, I what, love her. what happened to her? She was in everything, yeah. and now she's not. I've seen her in forever. But yeah, I love our idiot brother. What is your number one? Oh yeah, it's role models. I definitely giving role oh. models number one. I when I when I was going through my list, that was like the one that I was like, I have to watch that one again. I remember laughing so hard watching that movie and having such mm-hmm. a great time, and just looking over uh, uh, the movie and the cast and just you know, yes, you know, Sean William Scott, uh, Christopher Mintz Plus, you know, his another McLovin role, but you know, more. <laughs> Sympathetic is the LARPing. It's got Elizabeth Banks, and it's you know it's even got like Jane Lynch and Ken Marino from Party Down and all that you know, which is you know a show that he helped create. Um, so I don't know. I just love that movie. I, I don't want to stretch this out too much longer, but it definitely yeah. made me go, "Oh man, I got to rewatch." And it's funny, Role Models and uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, they're both David Wayne movies, so those mm-hmm. those two are my favorites. Yeah, uh, the I feel like the state of comedies is really weak. Mm-hmm. Well, I keep hearing I have to see blockers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, but I feel like anything that Paul Rudd is in, I will see. Yeah. Oh, another really good, a, a good movie, a uh, honorable mention, Wonderlust. Right, that's another one I've heard is good. Yeah, where he's married to Jennifer Aniston, and they're they're like New Yorkers, and they're like, we got to get out of the city, and they move to this commune, and there's all these quirky, weird characters there. He was in uh, Object of My Affection with Jennifer Aniston as well. So it's like... uh, He was in Friends with Jennifer Aniston, too. that's right. (laughs) Which is a show that I never saw. Um, Honorable mention for me, Captain America Civil War. When Paul Rudd shows yeah. up in that movie, it is a hoot. When he's just the way he yeah. talks to, you know, just regarding Captain America with such, <laughs> this is <laughs> such a steam. Uh, and then just when he blows up, you know, spoilers, uh, when he blows up to be a uh, giant man in that movie. Oh, yeah, that was a great so moment. So funny. So funny. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say he's the standout funniest part of that movie, but uh, that also introduces uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man, who is also a delight. Mm-hmm. And uh, another little honorable mention, it's, it, is not, it is not movies, but I had to say, because this is the podcast, uh, bonus points. Uh, he did the voiceover for the uh, little uh, Renegade video they played in the season four finale of iZombie. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's really sad when an actor you love him and then he gets 
they're just like, you know, Kristen Bell. They get so busy that they yeah. can't do those little things that the fans would appreciate. But at least he could do a voiceover, so. Yeah. I don't know. Some people are, their stars are so big that it would be a little strange to see Paul Rudd just like show up as a part of a case in New Seattle. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Just, just be- well, that's like, you know, seeing uh, Sam Rockwell do television. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the uh, Bob Fosse Still haven't show. watched it yet, but somebody told me it sucks, so I'm not well, too excited. But then that same person better. said that Ant-Man sucks, so uh, I don't know what to, yeah. what to trust anymore. Okay. <laughs> somebody that has good taste. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get to the episode now that we're uh, we're really going late now. Um, this case I called slap in the base for some reason. Uh, I, some, somebody just really wants to lean on that, uh, quote. Apparently I wrote these notes. Um, so, uh, Wallace and Veronica are doing some film studying and it turns out that she ran off after the kiss and Piz called once after. And then Veronica's worried that Piz is letting this all go to his head that it's, he's getting all mushy. And well, I think he's trying to be like nonchalant, balls in your court, leave you want more. Mm. You know, I'm not gonna f- just fawn over you. I'm gonna let you come to me, mm-hmm. playing it cool. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta wait like five days before you call or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Wallace still like you got to let Piz down easy, you know. Um, so we cut to Piz, who is doing trivia over Desmond Fellows, uh, and uh, Desmond Fellows is a, a rock star. I think that is a a really neat way of info dump. Hmm. You know, in uh, it's not exposition. Oh. Like we need to know about this rock star right. and we need to know about his past and this is a a genius, fascinating, interesting way of laying all that information out there. Nice. Yeah, this is uh one of the best Veronica Mars writers, John Enbaum doing this this episode. Mm. Um so Piz gets the job of escorting Desmond while at Hearst. Desmond's a part of this group called My Pretty Pony, which broke up because the vocalist Johnny Scopes had died. And now Desmond does this sad thing where he brings Johnny's vocals and plays guitar while he plays the vocals over an audio track. Yeah. It's just like, wow, I can't imagine anybody doing such a thing, you know? But Yeah, it's kind of cheap. And dishonor, and you know, you can't move on, you can't create your own stuff, right? But we see he emotionally, he can't, he's so emotionally devastated by the death. Mm-hmm. And Piz tells Veronica he can get them tickets to the show, and uh, she's suddenly busy. Uh, she's, like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, yeah, 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 maybe. <laughs> Uh, so we get old Jeff Ratner, uh, shows up again as he and Piz get Desmond set up in his Neptune Grand Hotel room. Uh, Jeff. Which looks a lot like, uh, Logan's. Logan's. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff wants a tip. Desmond offers an autograph. Um, he also calls Piz Fez, which I enjoyed. And- <laughs> okay. It's fun. It's hilarious when he, you know, calls him the wrong name every time. Yes. But I think he was doing it on purpose. Uh-huh. He was just doing it to be funny. Because he does it so many times throughout the episode. <laughs> and he opens his bedroom doors and finds an online girl waiting for him in her underwear. Surprise! 
and uh, I guess it's the wrong online identity than he, what he thought it was going to be. Uh, but yeah, did you recognize she's her? older. Oh yes, she uh, she's Laurie Bream from Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. Yeah, Suzanne, Cryer. she's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's interesting seeing her not talk like a robot. <laughs> yeah, she does in that show. Uh, but then he comes out of the bedroom. He holds up his backpack. He pulls a blue hotel robe out and says, "The tapes are missing. No show." Um, so I just want to inject this a uh, little bit of trivia in here. I said this before, um, but Paul Rudd almost played Vinnie Van Lowe in this show. Um, mm. And uh, you know, since then his star got bigger. Uh, Paul is a friend of John M. Bombs and Dan Etheridge's, and they, you know, they ended up. That's how Party Down got created with Rob Thomas, all of them working together. Um, and they lobbied Rudd to come on to Veronica for uh, several years. Well, several years, obviously, it's only <laughs> a couple of years, but um, but Paul's uh, schedule was really busy. And Rob Thomas thought that Desmond Fellows would be a perfect role for Rudd. And he said that – he said in uh, you know interviews leading up to uh, shooting the show that uh, Paul was going to be doing this role in a British accent. Hmm. Well, you know, his parents are British. Oh, yeah? And he went – he took – he went – he took some acting classes in England, in London. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Veronica is in the cafeteria. She teases Mac about the whole Bronson Max love triangle. And Max is like, yeah, you should talk. Um, <laughs> Piz calls. Veronica says they should be friends. And he's like, oh no, I got that. I just need help from you. <laughs> <laughs> so Veronica is riding the hotel, uh, elevator and Logan jumps in because, you know, he's like coming out and oh, to talk to her. Yeah. Logan now is suspecting Veronica of having something going on with Piz while they were dating. Mm-hmm. And I mean, too late. <laughs> it's, you know, the, what is it? The, oh, when you can't be charged for a crime because the time has passed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got you. Seven you know years. What I mean. uh, oh, oh gosh, I love this game. Yeah, finding words uh, on a podcast. Mm. Uh, I just enjoy it every time. Anyway, because <laughs> because Logan even asks, Logan asks uh, Mac uh-huh. about it. Right. And she was like, "Yeah, we're not going to talk about this." <laughs> but no, Veronica was loyal. Cause, yeah, because he asked Veronica about you know that time that you were staying in. In his ho- in his uh, dorm room. Yes. Yep. You can't get upset about this now, Logan. <laughs> You're broke up. <sighs> These darn writers. I'm telling you, it's like Logan's doing great, and now all of a sudden he's not. <laughs> and I just I don't know. I guess I I get it's it's very topsy turvy, and it's funny that trivia uh, we had of uh, Jason Doring asking why. You know, why his character is so depressed and stuff like that. I'm sure, you know, this back and forth, you know, of how, how to play Logan. You know, if he's confident or if he's, you know, if he's uh, upset, if he's self-destructive, you know, it, it kind of goes back and forth depending on the, the plot, these these episodes. I don't know. I get kind of mm-hmm. bothered how Logan's treated. Um, and I just got to have this Piz thing. Anyway, Puss... Uh, brings Veronica to meet Desmond and he tells uh, Monica, by the way, that she looks like a feisty Barbara Eden, which I just loved. And you can tell that Veronica kind of loves it too. She kind of stops and she's just like, yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) 
But then he asks how old she is, and she's like, I'm 11. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so he says, uh, you know, they're trying to track down uh, Lori Bream from Silicon Valley, and he shows her their AOL chat, and there's a Chinese character in it. And so Veronica figures that they should figure out what that means. And he also says that his meds were in that bag, too. Um, so Desmond is next on the air with Piz, and he tries to get the first caller to show him her boobs, who's because she's sitting out in the cafeteria. The second caller says he sucks because he makes money off his dead partner. The third caller is talking about Semites for the Savior. And mm. he said they make, he, this guy makes songs that mock our beliefs. Which I thought was interesting. You know, it leads us to Ratner, but it's never quite commented on after that. It's like, well, why? What? What? Are, what song? Why is? Why do they think this? They just mm-hmm. never talk about it. I don't, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if it was like a something was cut out of the episode or something. Mm-hmm. Or if it's more to come later. Maybe. Um, and yeah, the fourth call is, is an invite to a kegger, and and Desmond is all about that. Desmond is very much. Uh, What's his name from Almost Famous in this episode? I think they were very inspired by Almost Famous. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, Just anything to distract him from his – because Dutton, when the, uh, the caller asked, you know, how do you deal with the loss of your partner? He was like, I drink oh, heavy drinking, drugs. heavy drinking and drugs. Yep. Yeah. He's just anything to distract him. Um, but uh, And he goes up to all these colleges – you know, he just wants to get paid for doing this gig and have a good time at these colleges mm-hmm. and, like, never grow up, never never evolve from this. Yep. And, oh, yeah, there's a return of a character, Trish, who was Army Hammer's uh, ex-girlfriend at this point. <laughs> yeah, she's the... She's like the manager yeah. of the radio station. She says the show can't be canceled. She's worried about it. So Piz returns to Desmond's room, who then plays him a song about being a hack. And Piz is like, hey, actually, that sounded pretty good. Why don't you try to write a new song instead of going out and partying? So um, Piz wants to kind of jam with him. So he goes and gets his guitar. And Desmond is flipping through the channels. And he spots a My Pretty Pony video. Um, and he kind of gets depressed and goes to the party. Interesting thing about the video. Did did you notice this? Uh, I was waiting for you to tell me all about it. Uh, the guy who plays Johnny Scopes in the video is Rob Thomas. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so they must have filmed this on a little green screen. <laughs> uh, it's just so funny. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, Desmond tells Dick about his conquests and um, Dick is like so excited about it, but he has no idea who Desmond is. Yeah. Uh, he was like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, twice. And <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Um, so Piz finds Desmond about to go skinny dipping and Desmond drops trow and screams, this is my lifestyle and runs into the ocean other, rather than um, I am a golden god, by the way. Uh, <laughs> another almost, what is that? almost famous. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's freezing, and you shouldn't come in here. And then Sack shows up, scares all the kids off, and Desmond is standing there holding Desmond's clothes. So uh, we go to jail, and we have Desmond having this debate of the Beatles uh, with Keith. Mm. Which, you know, it turns out that Desmond's actually just harassing Keith. And uh, in real life, Paul Rudd is actually a huge fan of the Beatles. Um, so. Because what... Uh... Didn't he play like John Lennon yeah. in Walk Hard. the Walk Card? Yeah. Yep. 
uh, Veronica tells her dad to let it be. <laughs> so she goes to the Semites for the Savior people, and hey, Ratner's there. And Veronica finds out the rogue was blue, not Neptune Grand Rogue, which is uh, uh, white, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Veronica's like, I am sorry. And Jeff's like, I do not <laughs> accept your apology because <laughs> he's a jerk. So Veronica looks at the backpack and she noticed that it's actually some guy named Danny Cleaver, his bag. So they have four hours of the show. They got to race to Danny Cleaver's house and get the bag. And um, on the way, Piz and Veronica talk about, um, or actually on the way back, um, they talk about their pretty. I mean, this was nice. Okay, I I enjoyed I enjoyed Veronica and Tim Foyle solving a case together. Veronica having somebody with her to bounce off of, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though Tim Fool's wig is super creepy. But also, I enjoyed her and Pia's uh, work, working together in this episode where they talked about, you know, it, personal, what My Pretty Pony meant to them. Exactly. When she was in high school, yes. she she wanted to, she tried to talk the dance team into doing a, a, a dance to a, a My Pretty Pony song. Yeah. yeah. And she used to have a crush on Desmond. And um, and then they get talking about their own kind of fe- uncomfortable feelings about being, hanging out together. And they kind of get distracted because Piz finds a uh, CD that says new crap. And they pop it in. Doesn't sound that bad, actually. Um, what they're listening to, by the way, is a band called Cotton Mather. And that's also what Paul Rudd is uh, lip syncing to uh, later on the episode, which I was disappointed by. Because I thought the vocalist actually sounded like a Paul Rudd singing voice. So I was like, oh, maybe this is Paul Rudd actually singing to, I don't know, maybe somebody play guitar for him or maybe he plays guitar. But unfortunately, no. <laughs> so Austin band called Cotton Mather. But <clears throat> I'm getting off track. Uh, what you were originally talking about there, uh, about Piz and Veronica hanging out, this is where my feelings uh, start to change. And the reason why is because mm-hmm. they have been crowbarring these two together um, in the most awkward way because really – Think about how much time Veronica and Piz have had scenes together this season, like one on one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they kind of were f- together when she was staying in his dorm room. Yeah, there was Welcome but- Wagon when she first meets him and helps him to find out where his guitar went to. There mm-hmm. was uh, uh, the Wichita linebacker thing where, but that was like a moment. Um, you know, he was trying to get his job. And so, you know, Veronica had to, like, save the manager's boyfriend from losing his football thing. But um, there's, you know, there's – but it's usually, like, Piz is, like, kind of teamed up with Wallace standing to the side. It's, it's never Veronica and Piz spending any sort of time. They actually have this nice car ride together. They spend several scenes together bonding over this whole Desmond Fellows thing. Where now, mm-hmm. now I'm like, okay, now I understand – now I can get there's some sort of attraction here because he earns like her respect uh, uh, and my respect more in this episode where he's so you know eager to help Desmond you know not just idolize him or get through a day but actually help him um, that you know it makes his character 
uh, more palatable and makes me see like, okay, this might be a reason why Veronica's like, I, I like this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like the same thing with Logan going with Parker on the scavenger hunt. You know, you could see, yeah, they don't have any history together, um, but she seems to be a really nice person and, and I don't know, they have a great day together where you could see like it's this growing attraction. Um, with this, it's like I, you know, they get in this conversation in the car, and I'm like, okay. Now I'm not shipping them. I would rather Veronica and Logan be together. Veronica, you know, hashtag love endgame. Uh, <laughs> but um, but it, it's this is the first episode where I'm like, okay, I'm okay with them being together uh, for now, even though I don't uh-huh. see it as I I like this guy more because uh-huh. of this yeah. They did a good mm-hmm. job there. And I don't know if that was like one of the things where like we really got to sell this rather than, you know, I'll just see Piz jealously looking on and then Piz throwing his lips on hers randomly at a party after not spending the episode together at all. <laughs> anyway. But it, when he actually came there with another woman that he just didn't even say goodbye to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's this episode, and you know, I guess you know John M. Bomb. Good job. Um, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, Piz calls Desmond. They're stuck in traffic. Can you try out one of those new songs? He, you know, Desmond does the new song, and uh, actually, Veronica and Piz are standing in the back. Veronica takes his hand. You know, he's like, he's a, and says he's a good guy, and uh, yeah, that's where I'm kind of like, aw, you know, that's that's nice, you know. Um, you know, it's not like Veronica, they're trying to shoehorn Veronica into, you know, going out with Dick for some reason, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm not totally, I, would, I don't think I've ever sold on that. Or Wallace, you know? Even Wallace. I just would, couldn't see it, you know? Um, even though I like Wallace. And I guess I'd be more sold on that because they've spent a lot of time together, too. And I guess I'm rambling now. Sorry. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so afterwards, uh, Desmond realizes what Piz did, and uh, and he goes off with uh, Grace, who is the, the Chinese character teacher. We kind of skipped over that, but yeah. So, it and also, they cut Piz's uh, Justin Bieber hair a little bit. Oh, they did? So that's helped, <laughs> yes. Because he is so much more attractive now with the short hair. Oh, that's good. Than with that, than with that like, mop, mop top. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, it's a little shorter. Of people's features. I guess I'm writing notes and listening more than I'm like, hmm, what's <laughs> Yeah, well, see, and now I want or, to watch Glow. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, he's a, he's got a smaller role in that. Um, I, yeah, I saw the first season. That's all I, all I needed to see. I, I've, I didn't really feel. Yeah, I've watched the first couple of episodes uh-huh. and. Um, yeah, because, you know, there's just so much to watch. watch. It's nothing against the show itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, by the way, the club is called Liberty Lunch, where Desmond is playing. And that is a, uh, actually a reference to an Austin club, um, that is now out of business, but, you know, is part of Mm -hmm. Rob Thomas's going up and loving music. Mm. So what about Spaghetti Western? Mm. What about Spaghetti Western? It just, is this the first of the pun Names, you know that that we love about I zombies <laughs> so much. You know, like is that where it all began? <laughs> yeah, there there's been random pump puns here and there uh, during this series, and I've noticed them, but they definitely are not like they're not like a ton of them like there are in I Zombie. But mm-hmm. we had a couple more things. We're running really late here, um, uh, so we have to talk about Logan and Mac adventures. Um, Logan suddenly falling behind in class for no reason at all. Suddenly stressed about school. Uh, 
just well, he fell behind because he he missed so much while he was depressed and babysitting the little girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's just like, you know, he's all happy and with Barker and, and now he's like, no, I'm actually sad and jealous and and I'm doing terrible in school. And uh, Dick, meanwhile, is uh, uh, shooting ghost riding videos, <laughs> run, running over his own foot. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I thought that was just a current thing that people were doing. You know, they were doing this back a few months ago. Oh, uh, no. I didn't know they were doing this back in 2007. I, yeah, I think this was a uh, like a like what would be a trending topic back then. <laughs> people doing stupid things like that. But it's funny. I, I watched that tape, like the Supruder tape, like hit, when he gets his toe run over. And if you watch that, it's really funny how choreographed it is because Dick actually gets his foot run over right when like I think a tree or a sign passes in front of the camera. Oh yeah, so you can't really you, can't really you don't specifically see it. Yeah. You only know it when Logan looks down and sees see that Dick's oh, foot toe is wrapped up. Yeah. They look mangled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan asks, uh, he gets inspired by, you know, the website that it's on. So, uh, Logan asks Mac, uh, fresh from doing active outdoorsy things with Bronson, uh, to help him. With- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Mac is beginning to realize that Bronson is a good guy and he's hot and he's this and that, but their lifestyles are just completely different. <laughs> yeah. I think it's here where she says, I want to find and kill the creator of ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> Uh, where I read in trivia that executive producer of uh, Veronica Mars, Joel Silver, was one of the creators of Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> so it's kind of a joke in here. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Sadie's checking in. Bark, bark, bark. Sadie's like, wrap up the podcast. They're long winded. I thought th- three episodes, and they have to put a top 10 Paul Rudd movies in there. Gosh, ramble. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Logan and Dick Mac work on the website, uh, Dick plays consultant <laughs> and his expertise, uh, are unappreciated. So he storms out to find a party. Um, if he walks in a straight line long enough, far enough, he'll find a party. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, do you remember, what was it? Booty, booty, something like you would rate these butts. Mm. Like there was this real there was a hot, website. Are you hot or not? Or something like that. Yeah, but uh, so I, 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 I see where they get the inspiration great from mass. that. <laughs> um, so Matt calls in somebody who can help out with the business side, and it's Max, who is all about the selling the term papers and all that. Mm-hmm. So they get into like a bicker fest over how to make money on the website, and Mac want, is like, you know, you're just trying to make money off of stupid people, and I'm going to hack you, and yada, yada, yada. It's like establishment versus, you know, Mac's, uh, you know, hacker rebellious tendencies. And mm-hmm. Logan says he's, he's just chuckling over the hot nerd on nerd action. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, after the website is built, Max asks Mac to uh, breakfast. Just so annoying that one's name is Max and the other is Mac. Yeah. Cause that's why Veronica said you two figure out who's going to change your name. <laughs> right. That's right. So, uh, Logan, that's when Logan asks Mac about Veronica and Piz and she says, uh, she was definitely faithful. Um, but don't ask me ever again. <laughs> And then she says she doesn't want money from Logan. She wants 50%. Mm. And so Mac ends up getting breakfast with Bronson. And it's, and I wrote like, more like breakup fest. 
Uh, <laughs> poor Bronson. Like, he barely gets any words out before Mac's like, nope, we're over, and sorry. Yeah, you're a nice guy. <laughs> you're a good guy, but... Like, he didn't even expect just walking into that. <laughs> I'm sure he was feeling so secure, you know? Um, and Logan presents rate my, grade my ass to his class, and the teacher gets offended and shuts it right down. Yeah, I felt sorry for him. Like, he put a lot of work into that. They didn't sleep all weekend right. working on that project. And yeah, it's just another thing. It's like, oh, of course, you know, he's trying to apply himself and he's doing it in like his, you know, a, a way that makes makes him laugh or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of mixed on that. It's like, did you, what did you expect kind of thing? <laughs> Read the room kind of thing? Yeah, or, yeah, or baby. Oh, when you were in high school and you were a O-Niner, that would have been accepted and yeah. you would have. But here in college where everybody is the same. Yeah. Also, it's like really just, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't see any grade my male butts on there. That was all female. So it is also very offensive, a very offensive website, you know? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but. if it makes money. <laughs> If it's uh, if it's successful, like yeah. it just depends on how the teacher was looking at it. But he's prejudging it. He just thinks Logan is just, you know, uh, having a laugh. Yeah, it is not really serious about it. Yeah, it really looks like it too. And it's like you know, he's gonna he's gonna pass his class by doing something fun and Logany instead of just. You but know. but I mean, I took it as Logan knows because he says, "What do most." Uh, college males think about right. So it's oh, yeah. you know it's not necessarily his type of thing, but what's going to make money? What's going to be a successful business? Right. So it just it just depends on how you look at it. I think it was something like he should have like immediately thought about his teacher because that's who's going to ultimately judge and grade this thing. And now it's like mm-hmm. you know I don't know is it, does this mean Logan's going to now drop out of school? You know. Yeah, does this affect his And how his much do we blame Logan versus how much do we blame, you know, the establishment and how Logan just doesn't fit in the establishment? Uh, there's also a little bit with uh, uh, Sheriff Mars here. Um, he's running for county sheriff. Crime is down. He's got a good record. And Leo shows up. He says he's security at this place called Sport House. Um, and he says that one of the stock guys is acting like he's casing the place. And then they had, then they hired Danny Boyd, which is never a good thing. And he told the manager, and then suddenly he's been moved to a different shift. And Keith says, oh, maybe I'll tap Danny's phone and find out what's going on. And so Keith and Leo catch Vinny and Danny committing a robbery at the sport house. And there is uh, Vinny Van Lowe with a fake mustache uh, locking the others in the back of the store and calling the cops. Uh, and he says he was hired by the owner. He infiltrated the gang, and now they're all set. So at the end of the episode, Keith hires Leo back because he needs a job now. And Leo sees Veronica, and Leo says, oh, just like old times. Uh, where I'm like, oh, no, not another. <laughs> um, and Vinny thanks Keith for the nice quotes because Keith said publicly that Vinny is an asset to this community. And now it turns out he's using that quote to run for sheriff. And Veronica mm. and are stunned as we go to credits. So I guess we're to assume that the public doesn't know half the shenanigans that Vinny gets up to. <laughs> um, yeah, the the public. <sighs> Vinny doesn't realize how 
um, unethical he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like he doesn't see himself, at, which, you know, the villain is the hero in his own story. Right. But he, you know, of course I'm a great, I would be a great sheriff. No, he's so, <laughs> yeah, unethical. It, it is, it is, I don't know. I, I look forward to seeing how they, uh, how they spin this in the next three episodes and you know how they maybe because I'm, I'm sure they're going to make Vinny be more of a threat to Keith um, mm-hmm. for county sheriff um, so I, I look forward to seeing how they how they tell it and since we're getting close to two hours and I'm running out of uh, uh, saliva in my mouth it seems uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to say uh, we'll, we're good for tonight um, we'll be back next week I'm going to hey I'm going to read the, the next episodes that we're going to watch right go ahead Okay, the last three, last three. Of, of the series, uh, I know what you'll do next summer. Uh-huh. Weevil's Wobble. Bleh. Weevil's Wobble. Hey, Weevil's going to be Weevil's back. back. Weevil's back. Wo- Weevil's Wobble, but they don't go dot, dot, dot. No, it's, I thought it was, but they don't fall down. Weevil's Wobble, but they don't go down. They don't go down. Oh, I wrote it wrong. Cool. And then the series finale, The Bitch is Back. Whoa, you said a naughty word. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, the how will the show finale. end? Yeah, right? How will it end? I don't know, but I've been collecting a ton of trivia <laughs> to read after. Well, after, good. Because so, uh, I would love to know uh-huh. all about it. We'll expect another long and- episode next week as we're wrapping up the series of Veronica Mars. And then, of course, the week after, we'll be talking about Play It Again Dick and the Veronica Mars movie. I'm really looking forward to watching Play It Again Dick. Yeah. I, I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to re-watching the both of them. I, again, I haven't seen the movie since it was originally out. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. rewatched it. Just because it was like one of those things where it was like, oh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to do a full series rewatch and then I'll get back to that movie again. Um, I mm-hmm. just never did. And then I finally did it. Until now. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, folks, thank you for listening to our show. And uh, I hope to hear, uh, see, uh, I don't know. I hope to have a, um, a better vocabulary next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, until then, uh, I, I'm Robin. Do we do this? I'm Robin. I'm Steph. No, we just say bye. Bye. What is wrong with your brain? Goodbye. <laughs>